Hello and welcome to the Complete Geeks Podcast, Episode 4. Hey, hey. Hey, what's going on, Bob? Not a whole lot, man. How you holding up? Not doing pretty good. Good. Uh, today's episode, it's just going to be myself and Bob. Again. Um, as many of you guys know, that Toast has been away working. Uh, he's, he's coming back on the weekends, but we're going to let him get through that. We've kind of all been in the position of kind of work taking over life, so... Yeah. He'll be he'll be joining us hopefully back on the next episode. Awesome. But in the meantime, since Toast is away, what does that mean, Bob? <laughs> is it our is it what exactly? It is our bestiality episode. Excellent. The Bonanza <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I guess I guess we'll hold that off for another yeah. week. Yeah. But Anyways, uh, we're going to get two things. Uh, what you been up to this week, Bob? Uh, not a whole lot. I actually started moving stuff around in my collection to rotate some stuff out. And I'll be honest with you, it's been a total pain in the dick. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> moving Legos is uh, fun to build, fun to put on a shelf, not fun to move. Um, it's, it's just been a process because I had a lot of stuff that was up for years and years and then eventually got to the point where i was not building anything anymore and i was like oh fuck me i was like how am i gonna do this and i was like all right fuck it i'll just bring it i'll start bringing stuff down and i start bringing stuff down and i'm like oh this can go down oh this can come down all right this can come down and oh, so no. yeah and next thing you know it was like i had like two fold-up tables filled with stuff that needed to go away so i can rotate stuff out and i was just like i was like oh shit and so that was culminated pretty much my saturday and sunday and yeah just the usual it didn't play a, a whole lot still playing ultimate alliance but not a whole lot of video games just mainly moving stuff around in my collection i'll probably have pictures up on discord soon about it and you did the solo millennium falcon right yes yep i did the solo millennium falcon i i believe i posted pictures up either on my twitter or i posted pictures up on discord i probably posted on both i did the solo millennium falcon um I just did the, uh, they released 80th anniversary sets for Lego Batman. And so one of the, the sets, the two sets that they released are one's a, it almost looks like a Keaton Batmobile and the other one looks like a Keaton Batwing. And oh. so I built, yeah, it's like a really long, like just a slender looking Batmobile with a big engine in the front. And I was like, oh shit, I got to buy that. And so I bought that and built that. That was awesome. Oh, nice. And yeah. Just a lot of action figure pickups, uh, Transformers Siege. Um, new Marvel Legends were hitting. Uh, yeah, too many to. That would be a whole podcast in itself if I try to explain it all. But yeah, it's pretty much been my week for the most part. How about you? Um, my week. I mean, start off. I played. Uh, oh, what did I jump into? Um, did some more uh, Mario Maker. Nice. I'm finally getting to the point where I'm starting to get muscle memory back on how to play those games until they throw some bullshit level at you that you just want to rage quit yeah I'm, I'm still mostly playing the campaign i have done the kind of the unlimited challenge where it just keeps throwing new levels nice um my problem is is easy is way too easy and medium is all right i can go for like four levels and then i just want to fucking kill myself uh well at least it's not <laughs> like uh at least it's not like fucking was it crash team racing you're like, oh. easy, easy's great. Like, I'm really good at this. I can start at medium now. And then you just get destroyed the first race, and you're like, fuck this game. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. 
And it's my favorite thing right now. I'm not big into watching YouTube videos or anything, but yeah. I the the pain I feel playing Mario, I love to see people on YouTube go through that pain. Yeah. Well, especially the people... Have you ever watched any YouTube videos of uh, Mario Maker creators trying to finish their level? Oh, yeah. Published? Oh. <laughs> I mean, I, I look at what some of these people are putting in the levels and the mechanics, mm-hmm. and... I, I don't know how they get themselves through it, or, I mean, it, some of those levels take a good 30 minutes to get through. And, and it's fucking bonkers. Like, the, just the amount of, the amount of, like, fucking care that it takes and the amount of creativity that even from, I'm sure that Nintendo could never anticipate some of the wackiness that comes out of this stuff. Yeah, they have those mechanics, but nobody anticipated, like, Mario using the Super Mario World spin move to bounce a bunch of piranhas, and then in midair grab a red shell to throw it up at a question mark to turn them all into coins to fall down in this section. Nintendo probably looks at some of these levels and is just like taking notes. Like it's, it's yeah. insane. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just, just the, the aesthetics of going through all the generations and mm-hmm. like when you play the kind of unlimited challenge, okay. the, I always hate when you get kind of the, the new Mario style. Now, I haven't I haven't played it yet. What is the unlimited challenge? Uh, I believe in the original Mario Maker it was the 100 life challenge. Okay. It's it's essentially their their play on that. Nice. Yeah, that's one game I haven't picked up yet cuz I don't know, I've been playing like I said I've been playing Ultimate Alliance and I'm just now hitting like level 20 and it's opening up new mechanics that I didn't think were going to be in the game, which is awesome, but yeah, I definitely need to pick up Mario Maker cuz I see a lot of people some people in Discord are starting to post more and more levels, and so it'll definitely it'll definitely make me want to play. It makes me want to play it. Yeah, Discord's been really nice for what people are sharing on there. Yeah. And my favorite part is when you find a maker that's putting out some good levels, you go back to them and just see how their kind of building evolves. Yeah, absolutely. It's Yeah, like you said, you follow one person, you start from their first level, and you're like, oh, this is great. And then later on, you're just like, holy crap, you've gotten hundreds of times better than you were before and i thought you were great before so uh you mentioned still doing the ultimate alliance last time we uh had our show you were talking about being captain america primarily yeah anybody else that's been floating your boat uh thor i've been doing uh, same team as still before uh i'm playing as captain america thor hulk and iron man and now they're all starting to open up like alternative moves and because i'm just hitting level 20 and come to find out there's this whole entire... Because at first, like compared to the other Ultimate Alliance games, I was like, oh, well, you can't equip equipment. And, you know, you can dump stats and stuff like that. They were both simplified in their own right. But Ultimate Alliance 3 started opening up this, like, essentially almost like a grid. And the grid, you can actually... It, it's just a big, like, almost like a hexagon shape. And you fill it in. But as you're paying the money and the points for it, it raises, like, stamina, defense, resistance... Uh, strength and you're filling up these stats but then at the corners of it has pretty much another like a blank dot that you pay for and that blank dot opens up like another grid and if you fill in all the stuff in that grid like in the center it gives you like a special like a special stat or things like that and it's it's wild i was like holy crap this just this game just busted wide open and i'm like three hours in oh nice Uh yeah 
I don't think I asked you before, but on the Switch, do you primarily do handheld, or is it a mix between docked and handheld? It's a, it's a mix. Lately, I've been doing uh, handheld. Okay. And it runs... I've played it... Not, I've played the game for maybe like 15 minutes docked, and the rest of it's been in handheld, and it runs fantastic. And it's frantic. Oh, awesome. there's a, yeah, there's a lot of stuff on screen. You can definitely tell they put a lot of care building it for the Switch. It feels like It feels like a Switch exclusive. It doesn't feel like a port. Like sometimes when you get some of those games, you're like, "This is nice. I really appreciate it." But it sometimes it feels like a port of a better game, like not a better game, but a better made game. You know what I mean? Now, has there and, been any talk on what the exclusivity is on that? I I haven't read anything about the exclusivity of it, but I haven't seen anything. Also, I haven't seen any rumblings either whether it's going to come out for other systems at all. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously the good thing is when it comes out on Switch first, it's pretty easy to move to everybody else. Yeah, and and the game itself, just like the other Ultimate Alliance games, the the view and everything like that, like outside of the cutscenes, I mean, the environments are very simple, but you also don't need complex environments for the type of game that it is. It's very, you know, because it's Diablo-esque. And so, I mean, you know, you're going to see the same hallways over and over again or some rooftop over and over again. It's just like any kind of beat them up or roguelike oh nice yeah um then go back to may the only other thing i really dabbled in a little bit more with my daughter was the rick and morty vr oh yeah yeah because i'm how'd... a terrible parent and <laughs> she knows about rick and morty oh how'd that go <laughs> um no it's it's a pretty janky game mm-hmm. um looking at what that group's doing on PlayStation 4. They're, I think they're really hitting their stride on what they're doing with the VR. And their animation style fits it perfectly. Yeah, because what is, what is the other game that they do? They do Trover. Uh, is it Trover? Yeah, Trover Saves the Universe. Or yeah, whatever. and yeah. then they did that accounting game. What was it, last yeah. year? Yeah, accounting or accounting. They have like accounting isn't accounting and accounting plus. Yep. Yeah. Which I haven't played those yet. And then let her do the... VR demo disc of um, Job Simulator. Okay. <laughs> Man, I've completely forgot about that game, and it's it's funny to see her. Automatically, she grabs something, throws it on the scanner, makes a copy of it. It's a, She's actually playing the game properly. Meanwhile, you and I are probably just like, fuck this thing, and you're just like, can I pick up the copier? Yes, I'm going to throw it at that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and she's... I can watch her. She's literally grabbing the cup of coffee, and then I look at her, and she's opening her mouth trying to drink it. <laughs> but I mean, that's cool because your your daughter's younger, right? Uh, no, she's two years older than I am. Oh, okay, two years older than that. Yeah, so. <laughs> no, no she, she's uh, five and a half. Okay, so that that's pretty awesome that it's that intuitive. Where even at five and a half, she gets it. Rather than just being like, this is overcomplicated, I don't like it. She's actually trying to do it. So that's hilarious. Yeah, I was always curious on how she was going to adapt to playing games. Because she had one of those uh, fire tablets for kids two Mm -hmm. years ago. So everything that she did, kind of educational game-wise, was all touch. And I put a controller in her hand, she caught on right away. Nice. And just... I couldn't imagine being that young and understanding, okay, there's not a button here, but I can tap the screen and it would do something. Right. 
<laughs> Next thing and, you know, she's trying to put her hand on the TV, and it's like, no, no, honey, don't. Talk I know me. now the VR, and I'm, I'm just expecting to walk in one day and my TV's shattered because she <laughs> threw the move controller at it. Oh, uh, you definitely got to strap them to her hands or like tape them there. <laughs> oh, I've I've tried to strap them, and then two seconds later, she's like, they hurt my wrist. <laughs> then you have to tape them to her hands. Yeah, because you're, you're a good parent. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yep. Um, you mentioned that you did the Millennium Falcon for Solo. Yeah. Um, you've done the other ones as well, right? Yep. Um, how does it compare to the other ones? Pretty similar, or it, they're they're very similar builds, but the interiors are different, and it's really funny because as you know, because I did the original trilogy one, and the interior is nice, but the, as you progress, because I did the original trilogy, and then I did Force Awakens, and then I did the Solo one. But as you progress, the interiors have actually gotten better. And then the colors are slightly different. You know, the Force Awakens one is a little bit more beat up. Obviously, yep. the Solo one's in all white. And so, like, having them all three set on my shelf, it at first I was like, man, this is the same exact kit. And then having all three set on my shelf, I'm like, no, they're all different. And they're all going to sit just like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you said the, the front of it's actually another ship, right? Yeah, because it has, you know, how the... Have you ever seen Solo? Yeah. Yeah, you know how it has that weird... It has that weird cone shape in the front. It doesn't have the two mandibles like a regular Millennium Falcon does. Yep. Yeah, so that pretty much, that's, it's like a little gimmick. The thing actually pops off. Like, that front pops off and leaves the two mandibles in the front. So you can display it either way. And then that little that little thing that pops off is like an escape pod that turns into a little ship. All right, go, going into the controversy, what are your thoughts on Solo? I enjoyed Solo. I, I did too. I didn't see it in theaters, but came to Netflix and... I actually felt like I missed out on seeing it in theaters because it was it was fun. Now, now to be fair, I'm I'm one of those guys. I'm not I'm not big into the fandom of Star Wars where everybody wants to rag on uh, Last Jedi. I'm the guy that if George Lucas shit in a bag and made me watch it for two hours and told me it was Episode Ten, I watch it. Oh I'm man, still if George fighting. Lucas shit in a bag, I would eat it. But yeah, that's a whole <laughs> that's yeah. a whole another <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but yeah, that's. I'm. I enjoy Force Awakens. I enjoy Star Wars for what it is, and not trying to find some deeper celestial meaning for it. And just because that it doesn't exactly resemble what you remember as a kid, it's not trash. That's the way I feel about Star Wars. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so you can do things like Solar for me, and it's like just because it's not Harrison Ford, and just because you guys didn't transform him and make him twenty years younger, it's like I still appreciate it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that one and uh, Rogue One very much. Yeah, I I would put Rogue One pretty high up on my list. Yeah, um, I just thought some of the set pieces were fantastic. Oh yeah, the end set piece for Rogue One is incredible. It's um, the the feeling of the Death Star just coming over the horizon. Mm-hmm. The yeah, making, there's there's making, moments in the movie that I I don't think any other movie in the series has beat. Yeah, making Darth Vader like a super menace, where you're just like, holy crap, this is Darth Vader. The only the only th- other thing that really resembled, yeah, because I mean, Darth Vader is like really dangerous and scary and stuff like that, but he doesn't really appear like that in the films. It's more like expanded universe stuff. And the only thing that was closest for me that made him feel like a badass was Star Wars Rebels. Made him feel like, holy shit, this yeah. guy's a Terminator. <laughs> yeah, you, you never got it at the end of episode three. That was pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Solo, I tend to tell people i mean just watch it don't disconnect yourself on what you think he should look like and just take it as a 
small story. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a big thing with any Star Wars. It, it was the same way with between Force Awakens and and Last Jedi. Everybody bitched that Force Awakens was just like A New Hope. So then you give them a movie <laughs> that isn't like anything else, and they're like, well, I hate it. This is stupid. Well, what happens if we gave you Empire Strikes Back? That's also stupid. We don't want that. Yep. Oh, fuck me, I guess. I guess you're not getting anything that you're going to like. And so... <laughs> yeah, and, um... Yeah. Last and, Last Jedi w- wasn't my cup of tea, but I'm not going to be the one to go out there and bitch about it and all this. Wasn't wasn't a movie for me, but that's fine. Yeah. And I mean, I understand, but you know, trying to get people banned and trying to have the movie re-edited and stuff like that, it's like guys, you just take the L. You already paid your $12 or $15 for it. Just you can just stop now. Just let it be. If you don't like it, you know, say that you don't like it. You don't have to scream from the rooftops about it. It'll be okay. Oh, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned about the re-editing because I read this week that Kevin Smith came out and said that the Zack Snyder version of Batman vs. Superman exists. Or, no sorry, shit. Justice League. Yeah, no shit. And I'm just like, why, why add to it? Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, that whole community anyway is super toxic. <laughs> that whole entire community is just like a cesspool of... hey if if i was dedicated to that dc universe i'm i might be the same way yeah, i mean <laughs> yeah if i was dedicated to that dc universe i would have just yet again i would have just taken that big fat l and just hung it up <laughs> hung it up on my wall and just said okay this is for batman versus superman this is cool yeah i'm it comes down to warner brothers got into a panic i mean Marvel had ten years of putting this together. They wanted they wanted Avengers one money immediately, and yeah. it doesn't work. And the sad part is, you had a lot of really good DC characters. Like even, I mean, even you know, obviously Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman can hold their own. But I mean, even Flash and Cyborg can hold their own in films. You know, and Aquaman obviously Aquaman did too, and so to pump out, you know, to do Batman versus Superman pump out justice league and then it's like oh yeah by the way here's wonder woman here's this here's this and it's like well people you already gave everybody what they wanted now they don't want to see the rest of this shit you know yeah and i mean going back to aquaman that they learned after justice league i mean people are still going to show up to see this character that they most people don't know right make makes a lot of money i look at the marvel side of ant-man guardians of the galaxy the stories that kind of on the campier side right. that make a ton of movie. Those are some of my strongest films in that whole cinematic universe. Well, I think a big thing is too, is that with like Marvel, Marvel went over and yeah, you had serious moments and everything, but they also recognize how ridiculous some of this stuff is. You know, like you said, guardians having a giant talking raccoon, Ant-Man just the, his superpower shrinking to the size of an ant. You know, yeah. it's they took all this stuff. They didn't make it super serious, but it it was serious when it needed to be. And I think what happens is with DC is that it's too much brooding. Like it's entirely too much. It's just like, especially Batman versus Superman. Batman versus Superman was just, uh, it was like it was like an emo kids fan fiction. <laughs> it was like, are you angry? I'm angry too. Do you bleed? No. Do you bleed? Oh, your name's your mom's name is Martha. Mine too. We should be buddies. 
<laughs> we should take out a character that shouldn't have been even been introduced until like 10 films from now, but who cares? Who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> Doomsday's not a threat. What do you do, Basil? Fucking fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. man. <laughs> yeah, um, that, and it's, they're getting to the point now that, okay, we're going to keep the characters that were successful, we'll recast the next, and now it's not going to be tied together whatsoever. Yeah, it's... It, you're pretty much going back to the drawing board, which I understand, but every time they do, they want to like put these characters away forever. I mean, it's the same way with like Superman and Batman and stuff like that. It's, I think what happens is that I liked about Iron Man in the beginning is that you one you didn't really know that was part of the Avengers initiative, like we understand, but the way the movie ended and everything, it's a standalone film. It doesn't need anything else. Yep, and a lot of and there's a lot of MCU films that need other films, but there's a lot of MCU films that stand on their own. Like you can watch this movie and be like, Oh, okay. Like I get this. I understand what's going on. And I think sometimes with DC, they wanted to make this whole entire like warped ass universe where they wanted everything to tie together and flow together and stuff like that, where, you know, direct things were affecting, you know, you couldn't watch this movie without watching this movie directly. Like, you couldn't really watch Justice League without watching Batman vs. Superman. You know, yep. and, and it's it was a little bit too much. It was in... Also, you know, me personally, I'm not a big fan of Zack Snyder. Um, I've always said about Zack Snyder is you can pause his movie at any moment and it would be one of the most beautiful sets of photography you could look at. But once you hit play, it can become a mess quickly. He is... Oh, man. I'm going to catch shit for this. He's the George Lucas of our time prequel trilogy. Where it's like, I have these gorgeous set pieces. But they're all they're all going to be green screen. Yeah. And and with Zack Snyder, too, you know, not only, not only is he does green screen, but he one-ups his hero, George Lucas, by going over and adding an Instagram filter to everything. Yeah. And so it's... Not only is it, you know, fucking just green screen everywhere. Like, you can tell even the floor's fucking green screen. But then he adds an Instagram filter where everybody's like a sepia or a fucking... Yeah, he, he, has a, he has a ton of grain. I mean, yeah. you have uh, Abrams, who obviously loves his light flare, but it's still yeah. a clean image. Yeah. And, I mean, you... Yeah, you have you have people like you, like you said, Abrams. Like, he actually does know how to do, like, a wide shot and things like that. But it's just... It, it's... With Zack Snyder, he likes doing these character close-ups, but having a big motif behind them. But he does, he's like, it's all green screen. So you're just like, what the shit? Like, it doesn't even look good. You're just having it zoomed up on his face. And then, of course, obviously, you know, mustache gate with freaking <laughs> Superman. <laughs> I oh, watched I that. love it. They should have just the... left the mustache and just not explain any of it. Yes. I watched that the other day, and I was just like, man, I was like, that does look bad. I was like, why is his lip, like, two inches longer than it should be? Oh, and that was one of the first scenes in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and um, going back to Batman vs. Superman, what I love is that movie started out with one of the worst scenes I've seen in a superhero movie Ugh. Um, of the whole Batcave scenario. I, I get what he was going for, but it just drew me completely out of it, but... I do love that the way on how he connected kind of Bruce Wayne's interpretation of what Superman was and seeing Metropolis 
kind of go down in ruins. Right. But it's just, that, that was about it. <laughs> it was just, I, mean, I don't know. There was just so much, there was so much more they could have done with, with both of those films. And I think what happens is too, is like I said, you know, Marvel has figured out, and it's the same way with comic books too, in both of their settings of comic books. Like Marvel has figured out the right level of camp and comedy versus the right level of seriousness. I mean, cause look at, especially infinity war, like infinity war, like you had them, you know, you had iron man cracking jokes, same way with Spider-Man stuff. But then there was a serious level to it where you were like, Oh shit. Like this is real, but it's just, it's almost, you know, with the DC stuff, it's, it's outside of like Aquaman. Everything has to be like this dark edge Lord. Everybody's so serious. Nobody can lighten up except for Batman. Fucking Batman is the one cracking jokes. Like, yep, man, made absolutely no sense. Yeah, and it's like, really, you know, really. And then trying to make him Iron Man, like you're trying to make him the Iron Man of DC by changing his suit all the time, adding all these different armors to him. It's like, guys, just chill out. Like his suit will be fine. And then, especially in Justice League, like you just made him absolutely useless. Like, yeah, he had these cool inventions and everything, but you know, Batman really knew how to defend himself. It wasn't just like. Oh man, I got punched by this uh, parademon. Oh no! Up oh, here comes Wonder Woman slashing in half. Okay, cool. I can't do anything. Um, and then using a gun on top of it. It's just like Jesus Christ. Yeah, and I, I liked Affleck's interpretation of Batman. Right. For for the most part of what Batman vs Superman was. Right. Uh, didn't didn't care for the whole Batmobile death scene, but the entire time of he was basically on the verge of killing somebody, even though. He basically murdered everybody he saw in that movie. Right. And I understand, you know, where they were coming from with it because they wanted to do like a Dark Knight Returns Super, you know, or Batman, but they never really explained it. Yeah. You know, you, you didn't know his past. Right. When you get to the Dark Knight Returns, like the actual comic book and the animated film, I don't know if you've ever seen the animated film, but that's excellent. Yep. Yeah. And uh, the voice of Frank Welker is freaking Robocop is. Or Robocop is, uh, voice of Robocop is Batman is excellent. Um, it, it's, you know, they establish why he uses that, you know, why he had to use a weapon and things like that because he's old. Like, it's old Batman still doing his thing. It's not, it's not Ben Affleck with, you know, a little bit of gray coloring and it's like, I'm dark and brooding. Like, I need to use pistols. It just, they didn't explain anything. They, they just, they automatically assumed that the audience knew batman and it i understand that you expect your audience to be smart and know what batman is but you still have to establish him in a universe you can't just drop batman in it's like oh yeah by the way this is dark and brooding batman he's uh he's all angry now see he's angry look at him yep he's angry it's like okay cool you know i'm not gonna take this shit seriously but go on yeah and then and then going back batman versus superman of Scene, okay, all right. Bruce is in a lot of pain of what happened to Robin. You see the costume. Joker got to him. And then it launches side by side with Suicide Squad. And once again, the universe makes absolutely no sense. Fuck it. And then, yet again, it's it's another one where it it's... <laughs> it's... Marvel knows what they're doing, and DC wants to be a bunch of fucking edgelords. Like, and it's not even, I assume it's not even DC. I assume it's Warner Brothers. Just want to be, 
you know, oh, you guys have, you know, PG-13 films. Oh, yeah, well, or PG films. We have PG-13 films. Look how extreme we are. We're going to put Jared Leto, who can't fucking act his way out of a bag, into the Joker costume <laughs> and have him last for fucking metal teeth. Fuck him. Whoop. Yeah. Last time I saw him, he had fucking cornrows in the room. Or and, panic room. And it always, it always shocked me a bit, because if I remember right, that they put Christopher Nolan in charge of the DC Universe when Man of Steel came out. Mm-hmm. And then that just kind of went away, because I'm one of those, I I don't mind Man of Steel. I, I think it has its moments. I don't, I think that, uh, who's the guy who plays Superman? Henry Cavill, the Henry Witcher. Cavill, Henry Cavill, yeah, as the Witcher. Henry Cavill is also an excellent Superman. Like, he just looks the part. Like, he looks like... You look at him and you're like, yep, that would definitely be Superman. The way he talks, the way he walks, everything. The problem is with 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 Man of Steel, and I have no issue with Man of Steel either. Yet again, it was a movie that they established the world, they established the Superman and stuff. But General fucking Zod again. Like, just... Yep. You know, just give me something that give me something a little bit more, not even tangible. Just give me something that's a little bit more intimidating. You know, it's you know you fast forwarded and you know and he becomes Superman and everything like that. But have it fast forward a little bit more and have Lex Luthor hate Superman and give me like Metallo or you know or freaking even even Amazo like something something that is more that could be more make use of Superman's powers even more and not just, you know, General Zod again. It's like crisis is Superman too. Like it, I just yeah. Yeah, they they really just tried to tie that story too far back. Yep. Um yeah, man Man of Steel though. I would still put that as probably one of my top 10 trailers to come out. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And even even with the way they got the flying and everything done, like that all is great. And I wish they would sort of go back to the drawing board with Superman and still keep Henry Cavill and try to start the, try to start the universe all over again. You know, it pick yourself a really good Batman. And I don't know if whatever his name from twilight is going to be a good Batman or not, but we'll see. Um, have, have Henry Cavill as Superman again. Make the suit. I think the suit doesn't need to be as dark yet again with costume design. They make these suits all super dark and brooding and everything like that. You know, you don't have to make it. It seems like it's almost overcomplicated. So make them a little bit simpler. Do a do a a movie that's a little bit more fan servicey. You know, it's make it a little bit more fan servicey and yeah, start reintroducing this stuff again slow. You don't have to sit there and blitzkrieg the shit out of it. And it's like, oh yeah, by the way, the third movie we're doing is. Justice League, you know, good luck, everybody. Yeah, Wonder Brothers has the character that can set it straight, though. Um, I know a few years back there was talks of them doing a Flashpoint movie. Yeah. And, I mean, I I like the character that played Flash. I thought he was really underdeveloped, but it, it was a good character for the Flash. But do a Flashpoint movie that everything resets. It's an alternate universe. Yep. You would... You would think that they would do something like that, but sometimes, sometimes it seems like, yet again, with Marvel, Marvel, they explain things to you, but they also know that their audience is, 
the audience is smart and knows continuity, but it's almost like one Warner Brothers wanted to make money, but they sort of like wanted to dump the stuff on us quick for a quick buck. It was just almost like they were just like hand feeding us this stuff, and it's like, oh, here you go. You know, make sure that make sure that you remember this stuff and make sure it's going to be okay. And it's we don't need all that. Just you know, give it to us piece by piece, and we'll figure it out. Yeah, and I mean too. To Warner Brothers' extent, they they had an uphill battle coming after the Nolan trilogy, but that's I mean, but even it was I mean, their choice. How would you feel about Dark Knight Rises? Man, I actually watched that the other night. Well, <laughs> not entirely. Um, it it cracks me up of the whole kind of the intro scene with Bane on the airplane. What are you gonna do? Crashing this, crashing this bird. And I, I remember when they put out that first footage, everybody complained we can't understand what Bane said. And now it's just so heavily ADR'd that his voice is above everybody else's. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make sense with the scene. Yeah, well, uh, what is the... Uh, God, we've talked about fucking bashing DC for 30 minutes. I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, toast is, that guy Toast got fired. Um, it's uh, Yeah, I, when he's fighting Batman you have all the rain and stuff around and all the waterfalls and everything. And it's like, it's like one of those shitty things where, you know, back in the day, if somebody didn't know how to speak English, they would overdub his voice. Yeah. And, and that was exactly it. Cause you have the waterfalls and everything. And it's like, you can hear, you can definitely tell that, you know, uh, what's his name? Batman's voice is in the room. But then when it cuts to Bane, it's like all the waterfalls and everything and all the sound goes away and it's just his voice. And it's like, what the fuck? Yeah, there there was a few few big problems. I like I like what they did of bringing Batman kind of into the daylight. Yeah. But also you probably remember but when this movie was filming, clips of it were everywhere because they were filming during the day. Yeah. And everything was spoiled. It was going oh, yeah. through Pittsburgh. Oh, here's the Batwing. Here's the Batwing. Here's the chase. Oh, the yep. tumblers are in camo. So it was yep. a year before the movie came out, and so much stuff was being spoiled for it. And and another thing is too is I'm I'm glad to see that you know there's a company called Hot Toys that does like really ultra high end action figures. Yep. And they were one of the companies that they accident they're better about it now, but they accidentally spoiled the Dark Knight Rises because they released this big they showed off this big model of and people were like what the shit is that and they were like oh it's from the dark knight rises it's a batwing they were like cool thanks a lot movie's not fucking out yet and you're showing off this thing that's huge yep <laughs> and they're like whoops sorry about that <laughs> yeah it's and still i mean much love to what nolan did with all the practical effects because yeah. i even remember in that footage of a helicopter carrying the batwing kind of over the skyline right of just they don't even need to do that, but that's Nolan's interpretation of what it should be. Right, and I, there are parts to, I do like Dark Knight Rises. There are parts so that I wish weren't what they were. Uh, that, but, fr- that the French cafe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, fuck. There, there are parts of it that I wish that weren't there. I wish it didn't take so far away from, like, it took place, what, like seven or eight years after the Dark Knight. Yeah. Yeah, it was... I mean, that was cool seeing an introduction back at him, like when the guy fired, you know, tried to shoot him. Like, the police officer tried to shoot him. That was hilarious. But it's it's that, like, it was... 
seeing that and then, you know, them telling like Batman's really beat up and I understand that. It's like almost like you steeped it too much into realism. But then when it came to Bane, Bane didn't really adhere by that. No. You know what I mean? Yep. It's it's like Batman's the one who's all beat up and has a busted knee and he's, you know, bone on bone freaking no cartilage in his knee, but then when it gets to Bane, it's like Bane has a weird breathing mask on and he can pick, you know, he can just straight up off the ground pick up, you know, 250 pounds or whatever, 220 right off the ground over his head like it's nothing and then just break somebody's back with that much force. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like Yeah, it was it was it was really unbalanced and Yeah. I I get from the standpoint of the things that I saw is obviously the Dark Knight was supposed to continue the storyline and but yeah, I, I yeah. could I could go for hours talking about that. I know it's it's a I'm in the same boat. Like I wish it's funny because I think this is a key point going back to video games where I think a lot of times we've been spoiled by video games because of the fact now that you are getting you know from pre PS3 to 360 it's PS3 and 360 on like you are getting games that are in high definition that are in a really high quality especially with this gen now and you're getting games that are becoming almost photorealistic and so it almost spoils like when you actually see something like Batman Arkham Asylum you you watch something like Dark Knight Rises and you're like this is cool like that's a really nice Batman and everything but then they give you something like Arkham Asylum or they give you something like Arkham Knight where you're just like holy shit like this is the Batman that I wanted like this is the big giant intimidating Batman that I wanted and so it sort of ruins certain things about certain films like if they're not done in a really good way yep yeah yeah you, you can go back I mean yeah first time playing Asylum it brought back every memory that I had of watching the animated series oh it was with Arkham Asylum I was really excited for it because I was like oh this is gonna be awesome but then when they showed then when they said that Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill are doing the voices I even said I was this game can fucking suck and I'll still play it because these two voice actors are amazing and they're excellent. And those two are my Batman and those, you know, and my Batman and Joker, so I'm sold. Yeah, I, I remember that part in Asylum where I think you get out into like the open courtyard. Yeah. And I probably spent like a good five to ten minutes just like looking at the moon and the clouds mm-hmm. and the cityscape of going just holy shit. Yeah. And then, you know, especially going from that, which you know, it had a big central hub and there was a lot of linear areas to going to Arkham City. And then they were just like, oh, did you like that? Okay, well, here's something that's twice as big. And, you know, with a lot of hidden secrets and stuff like that. And I know a lot of people catch flack for it, but I really did like Arkham Knight. I liked the Batmobile sections. I, I enjoyed it because I feel as if that we got another Arkham City, like a bigger Arkham City, we it wouldn't have been as fun. Yeah, I, d- I didn't mind the Batmobile. There was only one mission that I completely despised it, and that was outside of the police department. Okay. And it was probably one of those things if I took, if I just turned the game off and took a day to break from it, I probably could have beat it in five minutes, but I just kept going through it and just raging out until I beat it. Have you ever noticed that as you get older, you know, us being older is that <laughs> you. 
there you get a lot more instances of that where you're just like fuck this i'm walking away from it i'll be back in a little bit and you walk away for like a day and then you come back and you beat it in five minutes but then back you know back when you were younger you were happy because you're like great i beat it time to move on but nowadays it just makes me want to fucking rage because i'm just like this is gonna take me five fucking minutes <laughs> oh yeah and i i mean that that just goes back to our age of i mean nintendo games genesis games weren't no. that long oh, no. <laughs> they were just no. fucking punishing oh my god that is bullshit like when i see runs of people like even just playing the game normally and getting through it and you look at the youtube video and you're like how long is that Fuck me, that's only an hour long. No fucking way. And then you watch the whole thing, and it's like, congratulations, you beat the game. You're like, this is bullshit. This yeah. is absolute bullshit. Like, it took me months to get past that section. I mean, perfect example, and everybody goes to it, it's a staple, is the freaking damn level in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1. Oh, God. Somebody on Twitter put out that video game commercial the other day. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, this is so great. The animated turtles are kind of moving around the NES. And then it goes right to that damn level of highlighting the game, and I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> yep. What always cracks me up about that game, too, is because if you look at it and look at the cover and everything like that, it looks nothing like nothing like any kind of Ninja Turtles merchandise that's out there at the time, and looks nothing like it. Just the name and the logo is just Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It wasn't until, like, the arcade, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, where it's like, oh, this remembers, the, you know, this resembles the cartoon that I know. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. The first, the first one, all the artwork was pretty much from the comic. Yeah, it was very much. Yep. You know, they all had like the uh, red bandanas. Yep. The only way you were able to know is that, you know, they had different weapons, and that game is fucking terrible. You're so terrible. Uh, well, we really got off topic here. Yeah, we did. <laughs> but anyways, um, jumping back to collections. Anything uh, catch you this week? trying to think i i got the uh i don't know did i talk about it last time where the marvel 80th anniversary stuff is coming out uh, i believe you mentioned it yeah but so if not I, re, recap yeah it. um so marvel legends that's the six inch scale figures that i collect they're pretty much they're not uh, ultra high end but they're but they're high end enough where it's like oh these got detail and they're only twenty dollars each um i picked up a couple of the two packs from there they released a a classic juggernaut and a colossus two pack um i picked up the they have an 80th anniversary captain america i'm sure shine and discorded i think i showed him pictures of it but i actually got a hold of that figure um and well picked up a lot of those i picked up the batman sets oh i just got in the lego 80th anniversary bat cave in today <laughs> yeah it comes with a uh it's like a Lego. It's a big bat cave. It has like the bat computer and stuff. It comes with a buildable figure of Clayface that's like four times the size of a regular minifigure. Oh, the way and, Clayface should be. Yeah, and it uh, comes with a lot of cool features. It has a cool feature where, like, to the right of it, you set Bruce Wayne on top of it and you hit a button, and Bruce Wayne disappears through a trap door, and then underneath that trap door, Batman pops out. Oh, that's awesome. And, and so, like, <laughs> I'm always yeah, I'm always like a fucking stickler for like playsets and shit like that. And uh, I picked up the Mega Constructs Castle Grayskull from He-Man. Yep. I posted that yet again. I keep on mentioning Discord, but I posted that in Discord as well. See, this is why you should join our Discord, folks. Um, yeah, that thing, it just, it just screams, you know, when we were kids, like 80s nostalgia. It even opens up. It has a faux handle, you know, from when, you know, the, little, the one from the 80s had. But it actually opens up, and it's a huge playset inside. 
it's it has the skull in the front. You actually put the sword in, a little drawbridge draws down, uh, flops down, and I'm just like, shit. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah, going back to the Discord, man, we we have a serious group of collectors. Some people that are just getting into collecting. Yep. Um, we have a guy out there, Tony. He's up in Detroit. Man, he is a Funko maniac. Yeah. But it's cool because, like, you and I both don't, you know, I don't collect Funkos like he does, but I know the appreciation for it and vice versa. And it's the same way with you. You collect a lot of music and artwork and stuff. And that it's cool to see stuff because if we all collected the same thing, then you're just like, oh, great. We're all buying the same shit over and over again. But seeing people that get different stuff, it's it's always awesome. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Did you have any pickups or anything, or no? Um, I wouldn't say I had any pickups this week. I still have not pulled the trigger. Uh, spreading across Twitter last night was the GameStop exclusive set was the uh, TMNT you set from the movies. Too. You should buy those. I know. Um, one of my favorite things of just kind of getting back into figures mm-hmm. is following the Twitter accounts that are taking those figures and creating their own set pieces and taking pictures of them. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of like my, my fascination with the Prince is it's taking my childhood imagination and putting a picture to it. Yeah. And another thing is too, is I mean, with any collector and like I explained in the beginning is space. Space is a huge thing. I mean, my collection is not to toot my own horn. My collection is big enough where if I wanted it on display, it would consume a whole house. Like it would, it is a substantial collection that I've been doing for, you know, almost 20 years. And it's one of those things where I do rotate things out because things do come back out. Once I get, essentially it's almost like a kid. I get, I, you know, with a kid, it's like they play with the toys for a while and then they get bored and you either, a, you, you donate them because they outgrow them, or B, you put them away and then rotate them out. <laughs> like, here's uh, some new ones. So, yeah. <laughs> I have yeah. big memories of that. That what, yeah. That's what happened to my NES collection. Yep. Gave, and... gave, gave it to my, my nephews, and then it was probably about 15 years ago that uh, they got into high school, and then I was over at my sister's house and saw them in a box, and I'm like, I'm taking this. <laughs> Yep. Motherfucker, this is mine. I'm taking So I got my Home Alone NES cartridge back. Oh my god. Fucking you... bullshit game. Yeah, I was gonna say you might want to <laughs> yeah. give that back. <laughs> Shit. But but yeah, anyways, back to you. Uh, yeah, it's it, yeah, and so it's one of those things where I do I do rotate stuff out and 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 I understand when people are just like I don't I can't understand collecting or like I can't understand collecting figures, but you know, it's, it's all, cause it all comes down to space. Like, luckily I'm very fortunate to have a wife that understood in the beginning, like, Hey, this is what you're getting into. And she was okay with it to the point where, you know, I told her I was going to buy $800 Millennium Falcon Lego. And she was <laughs> like, you know, make sure that you're in line after work to go get it. <laughs> yeah. And, and so it's, yeah, I mean, you know, it's you, and I understand why people collect artwork and, things are a little bit smaller because especially with like pops pops are easier to stack they're easy to put away and artwork you know changing out artwork is just as quick as just pulling down a frame putting up another one and rolling up the artwork and putting it back into a tube or in your case like you said not even showing it up at all i know and i've i've gotten so bad about that um which has slowed me down and kind of transitioned me into other stuff yeah and 
it, and that's the reason why with with the Legos, like I took this weekend out because I wasn't doing anything, and I took the weekend. And I was like, you know what? Put up or shut up, Bob. You're either gonna, you know, let all the shit, all these new sets sit in boxes, and people are gonna because they take a lot of pride because people know that I collect. It isn't a secret. So people, when they when they come to my house, they want to see it, and so I want to, you know, I want to make it so where when people come to see it, if they come to see it six months later, it's going to be different. And so I had I started being better about putting pulling things down, rotating things out, you know. So now people can see like a lot of my turtle. Like there's certain things that stay in the collection. Obviously, like my turtle stuff is never going to move because Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is my life, and. But, like, Legos and everything like that, I like seeing that stuff come down. Like, it sits up for a while, I admire it, and then I like putting new stuff up. But, yeah, I have a lot of stuff in boxes where it's caused me to slow down, too, because there are some sets in boxes that I'm just, like, I would have no place to put it, regardless. Yeah, it's funny, uh, some of the pictures that you shared on Discord is, you'd be like, okay, I've, I rearranged these figures, and then I don't respond to the figures, but I'm, like, zoomed in on something in the background. Oh, where did you get that? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I mean, it's just, you see it and then something's going to grab you from either your childhood, whatever it may be. Yeah. I, I, you know, one that stands out for me is I think you, I think I know what you're talking about when you zoomed in on it was the TNG Ninja Turtles, the arcade setup that I have. Yep. It's, it's a diorama that looks like the, you know, pretty much a screenshot from the arcade game. And yeah, I take a, that thing will never move. That's one of the things where like, that's a custom diorama that I had somebody build for me and it goes well with those turtles. I made sure that I had those turtles like day one and yeah, that, that diorama will never move. Yeah. I remember when they, uh, photos started coming out of that set. Yeah. That, that kind of blew me away of what figures could be. Yeah. Because never in my wildest imagination, Oh shit. You figured out how to turn an eight bit game into a 3d figure. Yep. And well, even with the even with the turtles, like the movie turtles, like the GameStop ones, if you get those figures, they come in like a really cool window box. That even if you left them in the box, it's a window box where it displays really well. So even if you had them stacked up on top of each other, you're like, oh, cool, these look legit. Like this looks legit, like this. But if you take them out, then you really start to see like they have texture and the build quality is is awesome with them. They're just they just look like little miniature models. Like they look like little miniature models of the movie props. Yeah, I, th- I think there would be only one set of turtles that it would ever leave in the package, <laughs> at least from my knowledge, and that would have been NECA's set where they put it in the VHS cardboard oh, yeah. top. That yeah. that deserves to be in there. I have that. Uh, fun fact about that set: the front cover of it, yeah, is the actual action figures posed. Like the movie, uh, oh, like the shit. movie, like yeah. So if you look at the front cover really hard, you realize it's their action figures. It's not the actual, it's not an actual screenshot of the VHS tape. Because <laughs> yeah, if I remember right, the VHS tape, I think it's just says Teenage Mutant Turtles, and they're like posed in certain yeah. areas on the cover. Yep, it's not the uh, movie poster of the manhole. Yeah, that black, uh, that black cassette tape. I've yep. got, I've, I've burned up so many copies of that. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, yeah, and. I, I think the TMNT movie, those characters, their design, I I still don't know to this day anybody that's matched that quality of a character in a movie. No, it's it's crazy the animatronic work. There was a lot of 
there was a lot of complexity that went into those one of those props where you actually watched it on screen even even now i watched that movie probably like a year or so ago and the movie's still really good like the teenage mutant ninja turtles 2 and you know obviously 3 are a little hokey but if you watch the first one like because it does take itself seriously it makes you want to take it seriously enough where you're just like okay four giant turtles could exist and this is what exactly what they would look like teeth and all which is weird oh yeah that yeah. i mean that movie was so so dark for its time yeah and yeah i remember i think it was jim jim henson that did the puppeteering at least for the mask and yeah he he thought it was too dark yeah i mean the walt disney of puppets like he just he was just like no no we shouldn't be doing this but i mean you know it's it's just one of those things where like even watching it when i was a kid like i was like oh this is not the cartoon this is weird and but watching it now, you have a way better appreciation for it because you're like, oh, this is. You realize too that you know back then when I was a kid, I didn't think that there was a comic book. I didn't know. I didn't realize that there was a comic book that was done by you know Eastman and Laird. Yep. Or and so it was. I the only thing was just the '89 uh, cartoon series. So yep. when this movie came out, I was just like, this is weird. Why is this so much different? And it's almost like when you watch real Ghostbusters versus Ghostbusters. Yeah, like it's it's that's the prime example of it is that when you watch those two cartoons, you know they do take themselves seriously, kind of, but they're really hokey, a lot of jokes, and then you get to these two movies and you're like, what the shit? Like, Ghostbusters is actually kind of a scary movie, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is actually way darker than you thought it would ever be. Yeah, that I mean, yeah, if that movie came out today, it would be PG thirteen. Oh yeah, easily. Yeah, hands down. But. Well, getting back to it, um, we looked at a few kind of news articles that spiked some interest. One of them yeah. was Mario Tennis Aces. Okay. Um, Switch is doing a free trial from nice. the 7th to the 13th, hmm. which I'm all bored. Um, I don't do it a lot for the Xbox just because of the download sizes, but with yeah. the Switch, I'll, I'll gladly download it, give it a try. I've heard good things about it. Yeah, at first, at first, Mario Tennis was a little, kind of, sort of bare bones. Like I know a lot of people had issues with it, but this is a prime case of Nintendo definitely putting a lot of work into a game to make it better. So I, apparently, they did a lot of changes to the game to actually make it significantly better than what it was. And I think this is a smart move on their part because it's like, hey, remember that game that you played initially that you weren't a huge fan of? We'll try it now. We've added a lot of stuff to it. Let's see if you like it now. And if you do, don't be afraid to pick it up. <laughs> yeah, and I've, I've heard... Obviously, I haven't played it, but it plays a lot more like a fighting game than a tennis game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, have you ever played a Mario Tennis game before? Uh, last one I played was on the 64. Oh, uh, well, it's a little bit more complicated now, but yeah, essentially that's it. You have... You know, you're... Obviously, the basis of tennis, you're trying to get the ball around the character or trying to get them to fault out. But there's a lot of super moves that you can power up and dart at somebody or have, you know, your character can cancel them out and cause like a lob or, you know, they have ultra moves and things like that. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's almost like that's a good analogy. It's, it's very much fighting game style. Yeah, and hopefully this week um, we'll put some feelers out there for Discord, but it'd be fun to get a group of people playing it this week. Yeah, that'd be, it's it just, that's the only bad part. Like, I wish it was like Xbox Live parties where, you know, where you can just hear 
each other, just curse at each other and rage out, you know? <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't think Nintendo's ever going to figure out that part. Yeah, like the, I mean, me, I'm, you know, I like raging, but then you have the freaking, you, you have the silent, you have the silent killer freaking Toast sitting there just chuckling in the background like a super villain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, other thing that kind of saw, uh, No Man's Sky Beyond is coming okay. out on the 14th with a VR expansion. Oh, that's going to be insane. Now, I, what's the, what's the expansion about? Uh, I haven't seen, I've actually never jumped into No Man's Sky. I jumped in for, for about 15 minutes. I bought it day one and I was like, this game is not great. And, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I, and I never went back. I don't think you were really alone on that. No. Um, I do have it on Xbox. I just haven't taken the time to jump in. Yeah. Um, give, give those Hello Games credit because, man, they just keep putting the resources on it. They're making yeah. it into what they intended it to be. Well, it's, it's, it's a prime example of definitely... I'm glad to see that a lot of developers... And this is where this digital age can work in our favor. Because, you know, I, I collect a lot of physical games and I always say that, you know, blah, 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 like physical, like these are the reasons why, you know, physical is always better. But this is definitely a point where, like, if this game died right now and there was no more updates to it, you know, if you didn't have it on your hard drive, like the physical copy would be just this, you know, the base level game. And there's a lot of improvements to it. And this is a key point of like Hello Games actually saying, you know what, acknowledging like our game isn't great but we're going to do everything in our power to make sure that you guys still love it. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting from their standpoint because obviously it's coming uh or it's on Xbox now, but it was mm-hmm. originally, I mean, it was a Sony game and it's yeah. Sony doesn't give up on much and it's surprising that they did on that. Yeah. I mean, yet again, I was, you know, cause I, I played my PlayStation four a lot more than my Xbox and, that was definitely one of those games where I was like, oh, cool, this is a PS4 exclusive. You know, this is going to be one of those ones where I'm going to play a lot of it. And then got it and was like, I'm not going to play a lot of this. Like, it it just didn't... I have friends that it gripped them, but it did not grip me in, like, a God of War days gone since. And so I played it for about, like I said, about 15, 20 minutes. And I was like, nope, this is not the game for me. And I think now, all the because I've kept up on all the features and stuff that they've added outside of this. And... It's. It seems like it's a lot more. Like I would definitely, especially a VR add-on, like any kind of VR add-on. I'm like, oh, another reason to put the headset back on. Sure, I'll do that. Now, do you ever play the Battlefront VR on PlayStation? No, have you? Um, I did. That was actually the only reason I bought it on PlayStation. Really? Um, not not a very long experience. I'd give it about ten minutes. Okay. But it's a lot of fun. Uh, really immerses you just kind of the light work that they did and i'd nice. i'd hope to see it from no man yeah i mean it, I, and yet again it i think with hello games if this is any kind of indication on how much they've listened to their community and fixed stuff like even if somebody gave them a critique in the beginning about the vr experience i'm sure that they would go back and fix it well yeah. as far as that um we tried to expand the news a little bit to give some stories that you might not have missed that you should jump on for the week. But to go back to the tradition, here's kind of the news article that we found this week that kind of piqued our interest and we want to share. So, let Bob, go ahead. Yeah, uh, mine's not necessarily a news article, but I was watching, 
I watched the so the Evo Championship Series was this weekend. Like they're big, uh, so it's a big fighting game. It's a, pretty much the longest running fighting game tournament in uh, I believe in the world. And so they were playing. I was watching. I don't know a lot of the fighters, like a lot of the actual uh, players themselves, but I was just watching like some of the stuff because some of these people are so ultra talented that. You know, when you look at the game, and I'm sure the developers, you know, they look at the game and they try to sit there and try to like front load them and try to make them crash. But these are the actual players that are actually pushing the games to the limit. So I watched Mortal Kombat 11, Soul Calibur 6. So the games, I'll go back. Uh, the games that they have, you know, for their championship are Street Fighter 5 Arcade, Arcade Edition, Tekken 7, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, Mortal Kombat 11, Soul Calibur 6. Undernight Inbirth, Dragon Ball Fighter Z, Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle, and Samurai Showdown. Like those are the main heavy hitters. And I watched the grand finals of Mortal Kombat 11, Soul Calibur 6, and Dragon Ball Fighter Z. And it's fucking bonkers. It's I, I watched Dragon Ball Fighter Z, and I'm sitting there trying to look at every single bit, and I don't understand how these people are able to figure all the shit out that's going on on screen, like tag ins, tag outs everything's everywhere you're just like holy shit and i'm sure the developers like i said the developers went over and like tackled that kind of stuff to make sure that the games run right but seeing it actually in motion with a player outside of the developer playing it is super impressive it was absolutely fantastic yeah and it's it's crazy to think of the resurgence that fighting games have done it's kind of like the horror genre oh yeah and i mean and a lot of these what's crazy is, is a lot of these fighting games are like finding major ground like dragon ball fighter z you know you think like dragon ball that'd be a good fighting game but it is an excellent game and then mortal kombat 11 coming out and immediately hitting tournaments like mortal kombat 11 came out to like rave reviews and mortal kombat has like definitely hit its stride to the point where a lot of the kids that are playing it now weren't alive when the original <laughs> mortal kombat came it's, out. when mortal kombat came out it wasn't a strong fighting game <laughs> right it wasn't it was very simplistic and if you look at it now Watching these people play this game, you're like, I'm not expecting this game to move this fast. And Soul Calibur Six, I, our a buddy of mine, and his friends and me, we burnt out a Dreamcast playing Soul Calibur on Dreamcast. Like just, we burned it out. We were playing it so much, and Soul Calibur sort of dropped off over Incarnations. Yeah. But watching Soul Calibur Six, and they were just like, okay, here it is. Here's the speed. We're right back at it. It's absolutely gorgeous. It runs off of Unreal Engine 4. It looks incredible. It's super fast, super responsive. And you're just like, you know, and seeing like a lot of these games that, you know, I played, but seeing their, their later, and especially like Samurai Showdown, like that came out of nowhere. And they were just like, oh, yeah, by the way, Samurai Showdown's out. And people were like, oh, well, it's just a fighting game. And it comes out and it's an excellent game and it looks incredible. And then Super Smash Brothers Ultimate replaces Melee. Yeah. After after like six years of it being on Evo as like a grand final game. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a pretty big shock right there. That's that's huge because, I mean, you know, melee was a big thing for a long time, and for people to acknowledge that ultimate, you know, hey, it's time to pass the torch because we, you know, you got to think like Wii U came out, and those games sort of coincided with like the you know you had melee, then you had Wii, and then you had Smash Brothers Wii U, and those games sort of coincided with melee. Because yeah, and people... to Nintendo's benefit, they put everything needed in place to get the torch passed, and it still yeah. took this long. Yeah, and 
but it's it's yeah i mean it took a long time but it was cool with it to see that like ultimate came out and it's like finally like okay guys like we know what you wanted and it's a perfect example of nintendo like trying to do new things and those games are good in their own right but actually release a game that is brand new and then people are just like you're just like here's the game that you wanted and they're like oh thank you and the whole entire community is just welcoming it with open arms like by the time they said that it was going to replace melee they were just like everybody's like okay cool we're all playing ultimate anyway yeah, I've I've not followed Evo super strongly or anything like that. Yeah, I'd be curious because just from my history of playing fighting games with just my buddies, that there would always be one player or one character that was just completely OP that was like, all right, nobody's gonna be this character. And I just I wonder if playing fighting games as like an Evo, if everyone is pretty equal, or if there's any I, unspoken rules of okay, I, this guy, but. Also, to I, I, that extent, there is balancing and updates that always yeah. happen. Yeah, and I, I think there's kind of sort of unspoken rules, but but also in the same turn, like, I think a lot of these people understand, because there's a lot of science to it where, you know, people figure out that, like, okay, this person might be OP, but this person is OP at defending against this person. And so, I mean, you're going to see, you know, and it's the same thing. You'll see a lot of, like, cornering and stuff like that where people will, like, tuck somebody into a corner and just keep on working him or trying to like pretty much like any kind of game where like even like a professional sports game where if somebody's winning and it's really low on time, like instead of risking it, they'll actually back up and try to kill the clock and things like that. Yep. So yeah, I mean, I think it's more of a science behind it and I'm sure, you know, people, people worry about like online shaming, you know, if you use a certain character and you know that he's OP, but I think another thing is too, is, you know, going back to patches I think a lot of these games, like, they almost, like, they push patches, like, because they know Evo's coming. It's like, we have to push a patch out for balancing before Evo or, you know, or, like, a month before Evo so that way we can get feedback and if we had to push out, like, an emergency patch or something. Yeah, I, I feel bad for the patches of that game because yeah. uh, I can imagine the people playing those just, I look at the patching for Destiny and how people flip out and I imagine it's even worse for them. Yeah. Well, another thing is, too, is I also found out that, uh, and a, a friend of mine actually pointed out this morning with Smash Brothers Ultimate, um, they actually, I think if, like, a new version comes out, like, they, I, I recant back to, if they don't, like, I think because Dragon Quest, the hero from Dragon Quest and Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, I want to say that the version that they were using didn't have him in it yet. Oh, okay, like, so they rolled yeah, back. Yeah, they almost, like, rolled back, because I think from what people were showing, like, videos online, like, Dragon Quest... The hero from Dragon Quest is definitely OP. He's super overpowered. Yeah, which so, that makes sense. They organize the tournament and okay, this is the version we will be playing. Yeah. But yeah, it was it's definitely you can catch a lot of it. I caught a lot of it on IGN. At least the grand final stuff like and it's cool because it is it is legit like a it's like watching sports. It's you have somebody that's doing commentary and stuff like that and the people that are doing the commentary are really enthusiastic know what they're talking about some of them are a little annoying but it's it's literally watching that and you're just watching these two go back and forth and it's it's insane just watching it like especially like i said i watched soul caliber mortal Kombat, and dragon ball and they were crazy how good it was well cool man i appreciate you bringing that to the table no problem well for me this week um took a different different route for me it didn't didn't quite pique my interest or my 
day-to-day interest, but it's a weird kind of state of kind of where games are at now, and that's Mixer bringing over Ninja. Oh, yeah. That is, uh, that's huge. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not a person that, I, I don't watch a lot of Mixer. I will stream occasionally just for shits and giggles. I don't really pull in anybody to watch, but be like, okay, if they want to see me play a game of golf, then I'll chat it up with them. Yeah. But between the, the state of Mixer, the state of Twitch, this is the first one that I've really seen that obviously there was a back-end deal to bring him over from his astronomical crowd on Twitch to Mixer. Oh, yeah. I mean, people people act like that he's that he did the wrong thing or something like that, or he's not going to get as much money from streaming and stuff. And it's like, you do realize that he probably cut a huge contract of money up front. Cause people were like, Oh, well he's giving away two months of sub for free. You know? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you do realize they probably cut him a contract of however many subs that he gets from that. He gets the money for it. Or they gave him one big lump sum. Yeah. He wouldn't be doing it. If it, you know, he wouldn't drop his whole entire Twitch affiliation to move to mixer if there wasn't some kind of big money settlement involved yeah and that's that's kind of my main point of it because i was trying to find some articles obviously there's speculation all across the board of okay what made him leave what made him leave what was the deal and i saw a few high high youtubers commented okay well it wouldn't make sense if he didn't leave for say six to eight million dollars a year right and they were saying he would also wouldn't make sense if he didn't sign anything less than a three-year deal. Right. And some people even came out and said it's probably double that at least. Um, what kind of territory does that put things in as far as... If you're a Mixer streamer, have a pretty strong following, say on, on Fortnite, what somebody like Ninja plays, how would you feel towards your platform that's could be pulling viewers away from you to go to the bigger picture. It's like, it's almost like a double-edged sword because yeah, it's cool that it sucks that he's there because it has a potential of pulling away viewers from you, but you also have the random possibility of playing with him, which would essentially, you know, make you blow up, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's like a crapshoot. It's, I think, you know, at first you're going to see a lot of people's subs, not necessarily the subs, but a lot of people's views die a little bit as they go to see, you know, go what to he's see about. The, yeah, we'll go to see what he's about, and then you you'll probably start seeing those people come back. I mean, it, it's the same thing. I mean, the thing I'd be worried about is if honestly, if if I was a Twitch streamer, because you have those people that were dedicated. I mean, the man was pulling in what like an average of like seventy thousand views or sixty five thousand views. And yeah, it was yeah, insane. And, yeah, and so, you know, you would have him on the app, and you were like, okay, well, I'll exit him out. Who else is playing? Oh, this person's playing. I'm going to play him. Now there's people who are primarily playing on Twitch. You're not looking at those people anymore. You've already moved to Mixer, and now you're looking at all these Mixer streamers. And so the people who stay with Mixer, it's like now you have a, a potential of being seen even more, and you have the potential of being seen less on Twitch. What I, what I have seen now that people have done in... I think that some people have done it in jest, but then other people have done it in actual, like, trying to jump in people's graves. People were just, like, tagging Ninja, and they're just like, 
hey, since Ninja's gone, you can check out my stream now. You know, I can be the number one streamer on Twitch. And it's like, uh, no, you can't. No, no, you can't. Just, yeah. Yeah, just stop. You're making, you're, it makes me not want to watch it, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, and, and to go into this a little, I think this is going to be one of the big pushes that puts them towards kind of like the gamer being the athlete. I've, obviously, there's competitive gaming, but yeah. this essentially ties them to a team. Yeah. That when are we going to hit the point of, say, the other big streamer I can think of is, say, on Twitch, Dr. Disrespect. Right. Obviously, there's a lot of controversy around him all the time, yeah. but what's going to be the point of, okay, I, I come in at 4 o'clock this afternoon and play. Well, I'm not going to play until I get paid. Yeah. And he stops the stream until say Twitch compensates him. It's just it's a it's a dangerous road. It, streaming I I appreciate people that, you know, take the time out to stream and things like that, but I think also like you said people like Dr. Disrespect and Ninja sort of have set like a negative precedent. You know, where they really, you know, some people think that streaming is a, is a going to be like a full-time career. You know, if he can do it, then I can definitely do it and I can make millions too. And it's like, you know, these people are like the NBA players of streaming. It's not only is a skill, but it's right place, right time. And so you have a lot of people that, you know, you see them, they're trying to start streaming and stuff like that. And then after like six or eight months, they get burned out. And because people are like, oh, well. I get to sit at my house and play video games all the time. And that's really fun. And people are talking to me on camera. And then you start to realize like your hobby has just become your job and you start losing a passion for it because it's not, now you're obligated to play these games and now you're obligated to do it at a certain time rather than playing when you feel like it. There's times where weeks I don't go playing a video game. I want to build Legos, but guess what? If I'm a Twitch streamer, that's not going to keep my viewers in there because they're expecting me to do certain things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I have nephews that they they would rather watch somebody play a game than play it. And yeah. they constantly think, okay, look, think about how much money he's making. And I said, okay, well, what's he going to do when things start to tail off and he has nothing to show for it? Yeah, and he's, that's, the, that's the old man in us. It, yeah. You know, it's like, does he have health care? Does he have a 401k? Does he have retirement? Does he have long-term disability if something happens to him like that's that's the old ass man in me it's <laughs> thinking about that shit <laughs> yeah and and to tie it all back to it i'm just wondering because even i watched part of mix or ninja's announcement video yeah and essentially it was him just saying he's trying to go back to his roots blah 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 yeah, blah 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 are things much like athletes going to become more transparent on what their deals are that's a that's a really good question. Uh, that is a really good question. I am because you would, because uh, you would think, but you're it's it's a toss up. It because I mean you know they you know how you know how it is with sports. Like I don't you know I don't watch a lot of sports. This is really funny. Uh, I don't watch a lot of sports, but you see people that get contracts, and it's like immediately oh they got a ten year you know thirty million dollar contract or whatever. But even with you. Logic dictates that you would definitely know that Ninja got a lot of fucking money for doing this. He got some kind of deal, and so he wouldn't have moved. 
he wouldn't have switched to a smaller streaming service if he didn't get a lot of money for it. But they didn't tell him how much money he was getting for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's just it's sort of like I think but I think it's really going to get to it'll definitely get to that point cuz look at the it look at the Fortnite player who that one for the 16 year old kid who won that Fortnite tournament. Yeah. Like as soon as, yeah, he won all that money. And it's the first thing he started doing was comparing it to the different like tournaments that like different sports tournaments that he won. And they just had no problem saying, yeah, he won $3.1 million. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I, but also in the same turn, like a streaming is big, but do we have enough people? Do we have enough important people to in streaming to get traded like that? You know what I mean? Or move, or shift places, and also in the same turn, like you only have between was it YouTube's not that big, but you only have really three streaming services that really like Mixer, YouTube, and and Twitch that are really like the big ones. Yeah. So, so I mean, unless they're unless they're going to start trading them off, or unless the people are just going to say like, "Hey, I moved to Mixer because of X, Y, and Z," it. It might they they might have made him sign an NDA too, telling him they couldn't disclose how much money he was. Oh, getting, but... I absolutely did. Uh, yeah, Microsoft does not want that out there. Yeah, I was. It was really smart on Microsoft's part because another thing that I like about Mixer over Twitch is that it's built into the Xbox. Like it is, it is full integrated in rather than rather than having like a separate, almost like a separate entity of it. Like I mean, that's the way we all stream Jackbox. Yep. And we're all in a, you know, we're all in different, like you and I are in different states and freaking Toast is in a different fucking country. But as long as we're all together on at the same time, like we can all play Jackbox together, you know, and things like that. And we play it over Mixer and it's super easy and it's super intuitive and it's right there. Yeah, no, no latency to it. Uh, yep. I, yeah. I imagine, I mean, obviously Twitch, I think is still the stronger platform for streamers, but. Right. I think it'll make them bump up their game and get their kind of platform up this, to snuff. This is the this is the Epic Game Store of Twitch, like or the Epic Games. Like essentially, Mixer is the Epic Game Store, yeah. And Twitch is Steam. Like Twitch is just like we can do whatever we want, and you know some people will break our terms of service, and we don't care because they're a certain person. But if you do it, you're going to get a shadow ban for you know a couple weeks, and apparently the terms of service on Mixer are even harder. So. It's, but it's like one of those things where they might be giving more benefits back to a player or cutting better deals. And it's like, and now Twitch can't keep on just doing, pulling the same shenanigans that they're doing because eventually they're just going to keep on losing more and more people. Yeah. So. It, it'll be fun. I mean, this has probably piqued my interest more into streaming. Um, I'd like to pay attention to this and not so much the streamers themselves. Yeah, I mean, I pay, I'll pay attention to the news around it because it's news. But, and I don't mind, you know, I don't mind helping streamers advertise. Like, if they, you know, if somebody came to me asking me to retweet something for them, like, yeah, I have no problem with that. But when it comes to, you know, when it comes to actually coming in and watching a stream, I, for me, it's like television. Like, I, I have a lot more things to do. I have a lot more, I don't want to say important because that's rude, but... I have a lot more other stuff to do that you really have to be really, really good at your game to get me to not play it myself. But also in the same turn, like if I really want to play the game, I'm going to play it myself. I'm from that generation. I'm not from the generation of 
oh, I enjoy somebody else watching, you know, somebody else playing the game. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of the people in our Discord and just overall in the community, when they do stream, I do like jumping into it because they're playing the games they want to play. Right. And it may be something, okay, I, I usually uh, play with them, but I can jump in, chat with them for a bit, catch up, where it's, it's a more personal experience for me. And, yeah, and I think that's the issue that I have with streamers, too, is that... Like when you're playing, you know, when you're playing with our buddies, we're literally playing with our buddies. Like if Castle's streaming and we hop into his game, like you're, you know, you're going to be playing with Castle when it fit. Like you're part of that stream. Like you know that you're going to be part of that stream because you're part of that friend group. But when you go to watch somebody else's stream, you know, you're not part of their friend group. So essentially you're watching somebody else in an Xbox Live party sit there and talk about the game and then certain people get really rude if you ask them like hey can i play with you or anything like that some people are like no i'm playing with my friends you're not allowed to play but watch me stream and don't forget to sub and don't forget to follow me and don't forget to like and it's like well wait a minute you know you're you're not following your chat you're not interacting with me but you want me to do all this stuff and then when i ask for a request or ask if i want to play you tell me no yep and so it's like okay well and and it's yeah yeah my big thing is like if i'm if i watch you play the game for five minutes it, it because people are you know some people are like well how come people don't stay in streams long for somebody like me i'll watch you play the game for five minutes and i'm like oh that game looks cool i will turn your stream off i will either buy the game digitally or i will buy the game off of amazon and then i'm going to play it myself because i don't want to spoil it <laughs> it's to- totally agree yeah but yeah, I mean, man, we really, we really, <laughs> we really went all out on this episode, man. Toast is gonna be pissed. I know. Ninja <laughs> to Batman versus Superman. Oof. He's 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 gonna message us later. What the fuck were you two doing? But anyways, uh, yeah. we'll move on to the last few pieces we got. Um, right. Do want to stress that if you join us on Twitter, it's it's pretty fun to catch up. Obviously, on Discord, we have a great community there. A lot of people share stuff. No, Discord is Discord is excellent. You, we share Mario Maker levels. You have a lot of people playing Destiny Two right now, both UK and US. Both super helpful groups in terms of, you know, getting raids and getting equipment and stuff like that. And even if you have questions, like no questions too big or too small, somebody's there to always answer and always help you out. Yep, and then Bob. Like last week, he's he's the one that's on our Twitter page. And where can they find us? You can find us at Complete Geeks. And then what about yourself? Myself, you can find me at Damn It Bob 1984. Okay, and I am at Organic Three. Yeah. Or- organic uh, Organic Three. Oh, Organic Avenger Three. Thank you, Bob. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> kind of want to see who's at a Organic Three now. Oh, you should take that. But. Anyways, and then in the upcoming weeks, we are going to plan a giveaway that's probably yep. going to be organized on Twitter. We will have a U.S. and a U.K. giveaway, so... Yeah, we we'll, want to make sure the core group's back together before we do everything with that. Yep, details to yep. come, but once again, thanks for joining this week, and thanks for listening us ramble on. Yeah, thank you so much. Appreciate it. All right, take care, everyone. Take care. <laughs>